This podcast is made possible by Lily. Welcome to the BreastCancer.org podcast, the podcast that brings you the latest information on breast cancer research, treatments, side effects, and survivorship issues through expert interviews, as well as personal stories from people affected by breast cancer. Here's your host, BreastCancer.org Senior Editor, Jamie DiPolo. Hello, thanks for listening. I'm podcasting at the 2022 San Antonio Breast Cancer Symposium. My guest is Dr. Sarah Hurwitz, Professor of Medicine at the David Geffen School of Medicine at UCLA and the Johnson Comprehensive Cancer Center. At the conference this morning, Dr. Hurwitz presented overall survival results from the Destiny Breast O3 study, comparing in HER2 to CADSILA as a second-line treatment for HER2-positive metastatic breast cancer. Earlier results from this study showed that in HER2 offered better progression-free survival than CADSILA, but overall survival results were not ready at that first interim analysis. Dr. Hurwitz, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. So could you just briefly summarize the study for us? What were you looking to find? Absolutely. We evaluated in a large phase three clinical trial, the activity, the, the clinical activity and safety of TDXD compared to TDM1. Prior to doing this trial, TDM1 was the standard of care to give to a patient if their disease had grown after trastuzumabin ataxane. And we wanted to see if this new drug, TDXD, was better than TDM1. Our primary aim of this study was to look at whether we could extend how long patients could live with their disease under control, the progression-free survival. But a key secondary endpoint was looking at the overall survival. And as you mentioned, when we first looked at progression-free survival data and showed that stunning result where there was a real difference in favor of TDXD, the overall survival data was not yet mature enough for us to call a difference. Okay, thank you. And now based on these previous results and HER2 or, or TDXD as, as it's known by oncologists, that's pretty much now the preferred second line treatment for metastatic HER2 positive breast cancer based on these results, correct? Exactly. The progression-free survival benefits that were reported in September of 2021 were almost immediately practice changing in regions of the world where HER2 is available. There was such a strong benefit seen, even though the overall survival was not yet met, that oncologists began immediately giving TDXD to patients if their disease or after their disease had grown on uh, taxane and trastuzumab. Okay. And now, could you tell us about the latest results? Um, I believe that progression-free survival benefits continued, but you also have now the overall survival results. Absolutely. The overall survival at this first analysis, this first formal analysis, was significantly better in the patients treated with NHER2. Now, we talk about medians. Median survival is when half the patients remain alive and half the patients do not. The median was not yet met in either treatment arm, so we don't have a month number for patients uh, in either arm. However, when you look at the difference between the two survival curves, there is a 36% improvement in terms of survival associated with and her two. 
Um, so that's uh, statistically significant. There was a p-value that tested this, and yes, it does look like it's actually very statistically significant. Moreover, the progression-free survival data were updated this time around, and the median progression-free survival for TDXD and HER2 was 28.8 months compared to 6.8 months for TDM1. That's roughly four times better progression-free survival with TDXD. Okay. Well, that all sounds really great. And I do want to ask about side effects, though, because quality of life is so important. Uh, for people living with metastatic disease. So I know that interstitial lung disease and pneumonia, they can be severe side effects of inher 2 And in your presentation, you showed that the rate at your interim analysis, it was 10% for these type of lung problems. Now it's up to 15%. I guess I have two questions. Do you think that's going to get higher the longer, you know, you have, as you get more data. And also, how do you kind of reassure people that, you know, may get this drug that it's okay? Great questions. Absolutely. It's not a home run for patients. If patients are having significant toxicities or not feeling well on a therapy, interstitial lung disease is the one life-threatening side effect that we've been monitoring really closely on all studies within HER2. In this particular trial, you're right, we saw an increased rate of all levels of uh, severity of ILD went from 10.2 up to, uh, or 10.5 up to 15.2% at this recording. However, no patients died from interstitial lung disease. There were no severe cases of interstitial lung disease, known as grade four. There were no additional cases of grade three, which is moderately severe. All of the additional cases were mild and reversible. And so why are we seeing sort of better data than reported in other trials um, relating to NPER2 in terms of this side effect profile? And it may be that we as investigators have gotten much better at picking it up and managing it quickly. So I tell my patients, you know, call me immediately if you have shortness of breath, cough, difficulty breathing at all so that I can evaluate you because we would hold TDXD um, and actually completely discontinue it if ILD were found in a patient with symptomatic. So as a clinician, we continue to monitor the CAT scans, the CT scans of the lungs, fairly frequently for patients who are on TDXD, because often the first sign of ILD is in somebody who has no symptoms whatsoever. We just see little um, infiltrates or shadows in the lungs of patients being treated with it, and if you hold the therapy at that point before symptoms develop, it will usually reserve, uh, resolve. So I think we're getting better at managing it. It's not a super common side effect, but it's something that is very notable because we don't want it to get to the point where it's severe or life-threatening. Okay, and one last question. If you do catch the lung problems early like that, withhold uh, and her too, can the person then restart on the medicine once those things have resolved, and is it likely to come back? Like, does it keep coming back each time? If a patient has only imaging findings of ILD, but no symptoms, and their O2 stats normal, you can hold therapy and repeat the scan, maybe give some steroids, and if the ILD findings on imaging go away, you can resume in HER2. 
if a patient has any level of symptoms or findings on their clinical examination, like a low O2 stat, they should discontinue it permanently, and we do not rechallenge patients with it. There are clinical trials addressing whether we can safely rechallenge it, but I would never do that to a patient outside of the confines and careful monitoring of a clinical trial setting. Okay. Dr. Herbert, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the breastcancer.org podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. To share your thoughts about this or any episode, email us at podcast at breastcancer.org or leave feedback on the podcast episode landing page on our website. And remember, you can find a lot more information about breast cancer at breastcancer.org. And you can connect with thousands of people affected by breast cancer by joining our online community.